dear friend. Let's discover more of who we are together. Love, Haley and Amanda. And today we are doing a great interview with some of our dear friends, yes. truly, like we've, we, I, I've been knowing them because I worked with Danielle over 10 years ago now, which mm-hmm. is insane. So they've been a part of our lives and they're wonderful people, but they're doing amazing work, amazing work. They've had 16 years of experience in providing solutions such as education scholarships sustainable food sources and clean water to underserved communities around the world so they're really into helping others giving and and like it's their whole life they're very it's it's kind of mother Teresa I know and it kind of brought them together Danielle and Javier and they have a daughter named Sage who we adore and she shows up in the interview and we want to give a little a uh, shout out to Sage because the day this podcast comes out, it is her birthday. birthday. You want to the do a little... Sage's birthday. Happy birthday to you, Sage. And we're out. <laughs> nice. We love you, Sage. You're an angel. And we're so glad that we got to see you in this interview. And she pops in. You, you guys we are loved. Gonna- love this interview the whole the whole story how resilient they are through all of the things they've been through also if you are someone who who is drawn towards acts of service or even you know volunteer work and even and turning volunteer work into your full-time work. work this episode is for you they've made tons of sacrifices to make their calling come true and continue it's so inspirational also if if it's if you're not trying to make it your full-time thing but you want to include service into your life this will inspire you this will so inspire you because these people are just special you're gonna love their story so we're gonna jump into our interview with the Mendoza and they are calling us from Honduras. Honduras. That's right. They are living there in Honduras. In La Sieba. So they are, we Zoom called them uh, in Honduras and we hope you guys enjoy. Who do y'all consider to be your dear friends? No, Uh, just one. Just one. We were not prepared for that question. There's two. We don't don't have multiple dear friends. It's dear friend. Yeah. Yeah, And if you think that's how this works. I'm kidding. Oh my gosh. All right, Javi, take it. No, you first. Oh, goodness. Um, okay, I would say who is my dear friend? Is it too weird just to say it's my husband? No, it's sweet. <laughs> it's very sweet. Because but now he's gonna feel obligated. No, he doesn't have to, but it's true because I'm the type of person that could probably live my whole life without a friend. I know that sounds terrible, but I picked one and then I just sunk everything into that. So I kind of did the same thing. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So I feel like I have a lot of friends and they're, they mean a lot to me, but I feel like he's my true dear friend. Oh, lifelong, lifelong. That's sweet. Javi, what do you got to (laughs) say? Well, there was this person that I met uh, many years ago. Uh, and my person is also Danielle. Uh, and like she said, of course, 
This is Paige like is a- rolling her eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting there and rolling her eyes. These this cheese is balls. That we always joke about because of yes. course we're super comfortable with each other now. But even in the very beginning, it was like this is just meant to be. So I remember even on our very, very, very first date that we ever even went anywhere, got coffee, just like, okay, where is this, you know, going on the way? She says, I want to know where this is going because I'm not just going to date. I'm not doing this for any kind of, you know, particular reason. I need to know if there's a goal in mind. Is there something coming on? So Danielle. So on the very first, I mean, I almost drove off the road. Like I was like, this is a very uh, direct person and to me of course my answer was like yeah this is going somewhere for sure so if it's up to me then we're for sure together so yeah it seems crazy now over the years it's developed into empowering and working together and you know because that's the dynamic that a lot of people don't understand is that from day one in one form or fashion we've worked together we've lived together we've you know are raising our family together like everything is together there was no compartmentalizing well, you do this work and I do this work. And even when we had very separate jobs, it was always like a teamwork dynamic. It was always like, okay, let's help each other get to the next level and let's help each other get to another promotion or another raise or something like that. So now we bring that into the organization that we're building now, which is like, that's great. Like, how could you find someone that is your friend, is your spouse, is you know the perfect mother to our kid? then to me, it's like that all, it fits all the boxes. And then now we get to work together. So to me, I'm like, that's great. No problem. Like I don't have to worry about anything else forever. And from an outsider looking in, I would say that that is very evident. Like even, even we all have worked separate jobs or whatever, you are very much a team in everything that you're doing, even from an outsider's perspective, which this is a perfect transition because we want you guys to tell us your story. Like, Every detail. What you wore to the oh, wow. first day of kindergarten. <laughs> <laughs> no, like y'all's story. What we want to yeah. hear, give us the lowdown. Well, our story together began many moons ago, but when we really fell in love was um, on a trip to Louisiana after Hurricane Katrina had hit. So um, the hurricane had hit, many people had lost their homes and they were displaced and it was just a horrible situation. And at the time we were attending two separate churches and his church was leading a team to go and be like, do like relief aid. And they contacted my dad, who was a pastor and said, hey, would your church want to be involved with this? We know that this is the type of stuff you guys do as well. And um, so my dad said yes immediately. Well, he knew that we, like I already kind of had a crush on him, but he didn't want that to influence my decision on if I was gonna go on the trip or not. So my dad invited me on the trip, but he didn't tell me that it had anything to do with Javier or the church he was attending. (laughs) So that was kind of funny. Um, And so I of course wanted to go. I've been doing mission trips since I was 12. So my first trip was to Mexico. And that's when my eyes were like really open to, you know, just a different way of living in a different culture. And really the abundance that we have in the United States and how that's not the same everywhere. Um, And even in the United States, there's different aspects of that, of you know, poverty and wealth. But I was never exposed to anything other than wealth, really. Um, until my trip to Mexico. And so I had already had that C 
seed planted. And so I, since that moment on, I said yes to any opportunity that involved any type of humanitarian work or mission work. I was like, yes, sign me up. I want to be there. And so, of course, on that trip, um, we were working alongside each other. And it was kind of funny because you guys have a history with growing up in the church and those dynamics. So, you know, a lot of times they like to separate like the men and the women. They, It's like, it's almost like they think something crazy is going to happen if they work together. Yeah. And so uh, They're worried for us. Oh, yeah. They're terrified, right? And yeah, so, that you may have a different mission. Exactly. Exactly. So it's not any different in that circumstance. So they said the men are going to go and they're going to rebuild homes and they're going to remove the debris and they're going to cut down the trees and they're going to be outside doing all the manly work and then, you know, quote unquote manly work. And then the women are going to stay inside in this like you know, facility that has no windows, this gym, and you're going to pass out canned food and bottled water all day. Hmm. And I was like, that doesn't sound appealing to me at all. Like, I am not an inmate. Like, I want to be outside. I did not come all this way to be stuck in a building with no windows. You know what I mean? Right. So I asked my dad, I said, please let me go with you. Like, I want to do all of that. I want to be outside. You know, I'm strong. Like, I can do anything. So please don't leave me stuck here with all these women. Very and, Danielle. <laughs> very Danielle. I know, right? I know. So of course he was perturbed and just like, oh my God, because it's that same reaction. Like, of course, you're going to have to go against the grain of what everyone is doing and say you want to do something different. And we've been invited here. And now you're going to present this issue. So I'm like, please just let me go. So he he ended up coming to the conclusion that it would be okay as long as I wore my brother's clothes. So he didn't want me to look feminine in any way. I guess he didn't want me to be a distraction or whatever, you know, weird church culture. Mm -hmm. So I had to wear a very baggy shirt and very long baggy boy basketball shorts. Mm. Um, so I was like, great, wonderful. I don't care what I'm wearing. I just want to be outside. Javi was like, I didn't know I was attracted to men until that. <laughs> Right. Somehow I still knew what she was working with. So there was, there was a little bit did. of a, a yeah, intrigue still. Right. So uh, we got to serve side by side, day in, day out, doing really hard manual labor. Um, but I think that that's when our respect for each other really developed, like just admiration and respect and like, wow, we kind of have the same goals because we were the youngest people there. Everyone else was, you know, much older than us. Yeah. And it, it wasn't a youth trip. It was just an adult trip. And we just happened to be the youngest ones there. So we kind of realized in that moment, I think that our, like our paths were going to align. Mm -hmm. And so from that moment on, it's basically been just the rest has been history. Um, we connected during that time on that trip. And then our entire relationship has gone in that direction of the mission work and humanitarian aid and things like that. So, but that was really kind of the catalyst for everything. And I guess, how did y'all, what was the moment that y'all knew the missions work or, you know, I guess acts, this acts of service, this life of service that you guys have leaned into, how did you, what was the moment where you knew it wasn't just something that you were going to do sometimes and for or like on top of your career because I think a lot of people see service and acts of service as something kind of that's like icing on the cake right. yeah you know when did y'all decide like this is what we're actually going to do all the time and be about and make it our life yeah I think that 
for me, it did start to align and some of the vision kind of came, became more clear on that service trip uh, that we took to uh, New Orleans after the hurricanes. Uh, and so to me, it was starting to align a little bit already. I was serving in the church that I was going to, um, teaching the fifth and sixth graders on Sunday morning and helping set up and tear down in those days. And, um, you know, we're still connected to that church. They're a very good, big part of what we do now still um, 16 years later. Um, so it was more like a decision after a decision after a decision, yeah. taking one step and then another step. And I remember asking for like my fifth week off from my work. Uh, and they kind of looked at me like I went into the office and I said, listen, you know, there's something that has come up. Um, you know about the work that, of course, that we do, like you said, as kind of the icing and sort of like any chance we had, any opportunity that we could take, we were doing it. And I remember them looking back at me and saying like, well, I think you have to make a decision. I think it looks like you're, this is taking more of your time, which he meant more of my time. Yeah. Uh, and it was kind of one of those eye-opening sort of like revelations where it's like, okay, yes, I want to do this. I need to do this. It was compelling me. I was being compelled to, to want to do this more. And so from that moment on, we started making decisions about what jobs to take that offered flexibility or what, you know, where to live, where, hey, we could put just the smallest amount of money towards this living space because everything else that we have in excess of that is going into this. Yeah. Like we're going to build this thing if it's just the two of us or, you know, with our partners, Travis and Gina, yeah. it's just two families. It was just two couples to yeah. start out this work. But every decision and every step that we took seemed to look, sort of like lean towards this is like it's a tipping point. There's something right. that at some moment we're going to just push over and the cascade is going to happen. And so I remember one time, uh, you know, it just one decision after another, but it was like the work was pulling us in one direction. This more noble cause and more noble work was definitely pulling us on the other direction. And so it was very difficult to say, okay, you know, and we've done it multiple times now through different, different careers, but it's like, okay, we're saying no to that. Yeah. And so then bosses and people like, and especially with her career, it was very like competitive and like people were saying like, now's the time you're in prime, you know, sort of like uh, time of just growing and, and climbing the ladder. And for us to say no to those things was very, is still very misunderstood by a lot of people yeah. because mm -hmm. it wasn't something that we were like, well, that's bad or that's not good enough or it's, it's just totally like, this is just something we're called to, we're compelled to go and do. And we were trying to find vacation time and, you know, trying to save up and all of our savings have gone into this at, at certain points of our life. And so it was just like a no hold, no holds barred, like we're doing this thing. And so I remember it was more instead of just like one catalytic, like, like catalytic moment, it was more like a decision here and a decision there. And now that we can look back at it, it's like, man, all of those little zigs and zags were taking us to this, this life where it's like, okay, now we're just all in. Yeah. And what was the, I know this wasn't something that we were, we had a question for, but now that we're talking about this, what was it about starting connect global that compelled you instead of joining like an already established organization? Was it something that you saw that was lacking in other organizations or what was it about starting it with your partners, Travis and Gina? Well, we had, like I said, we had done a lot of service trips before we started Connect Global, um, separately and together. But 
there was one particular trip that we were on and it was before we were married and it was here in Honduras where we were visiting and serving. And I remember feeling at the end of the trip, like I didn't really do the people justice. Mm -hmm. I felt like what we did and what our intentions were, were pure, but that really at the end of the day, they're still going to be hungry and I'm still going to go back to Starbucks when I went, you know, when I hit VFW airport. And that just made me feel really bad. And that gives me goosebumps, actually, Danielle. It's like, oh, I've been in situations like that where the intention is so good, but you know, you're not doing real change. Exactly. Yeah. And, And every single person that was on that trip, were were and are great people oh, yeah. and i i would never question their intentions yeah. i certainly didn't question our intentions um but it was that feeling of like oh okay like it served a purpose for me but that's mm-hmm. not the point of what these trips are supposed to be it's supposed to serve a purpose for someone else so i got to experience a new culture and i got to meet new people and i got to have fun and you know, make a friend or whatever for seven days, but what did I impart or leave with them, you know? Mm -hmm. And so to me, that became very crucial in those conversations. And at one point I even told him on that trip, I said, we're never going to be a part of something like this again. And he was like, oh dear, like why? And I was like, well, I don't, I feel like they gave more to us than we gave to them. And I don't, I'm not okay with that. And, you know, they're still literally children that had swollen bellies are still going to be hungry. And we, what did we do? I mean, we, we hugged them, we played with them, we prayed for them, we did things like that. We fed them the week we were there, but like, what about next week? Exactly. And so I, you know, it was just a conversation that we had of, honestly, I was like, I just can't be a part of something like that again. It's not okay. And then he's saying, okay, well, like, calm down. Let's think about this for a minute. Like, maybe we can think of something that's super sustainable and actually makes a lasting impact, whether we're there every day or not. And I'm like, okay, that I could get behind. And so he did the research and found a company in Florida called Morningstar Fisherman, and they uh, trained people to do aquaponic systems. So that's when we were able to go learn and be certified to make these fish farms Um, and create them in areas where they're lacking protein and vegetation um, and things like that. And so that was really what got us to get excited about forming our own organization was, okay, we have all these people that have really good intentions that surround us and have even encouraged us and like propelled us into this type of life. But, you know, what is the sustainability behind it and where does it leave the people that we met when we go away? Mm -hmm. And so that was really the catalyst for um, Connect Global. And it started with something as basic as a fish farm. Hmm. So, yeah, and I would add in too, I mean, because kind of what you're setting up for is like, okay, well, we could have done a lot of things. I mean, we could have even gotten a job with other charities that were already established and already growing. But I think for us, when we looked around uh, with the connections that we had and the relationships that we had, you know, by and large, it was just sort of like nobody was doing what we felt we needed to do. You know, we found a couple of little small pockets here and there of people who truly understood the benefit and some of the things that we were talking about. Um, But a lot of times we would get met with blank stares and just sort of like, oh, okay, wow, that seems interesting. Like, 
you know, I don't know what that means, you know, to go and build sustainable food systems and all these different things um, and clean water, you know, charity water, who we may all uh, be familiar with, an enormous, great charity, beautiful work that they're doing. I think that was just kind of coming into the psyche of most people. I mean, that's when, yeah. you know, they were founding that. Yeah. And so it really the big idea of just like, hey, going somewhere and making something sustainable, something that will change not just for this week, not just for a couple of weeks, yeah. but it'll change the course of someone's life for a long time. Right. It yeah. just really was sort of being transformed at that moment. And so for us, we looked around and we said, okay, when we we're explaining it to people, we had a lot of early adopters. I mean, some people were just getting it and they were like, yeah. cool, if you guys are doing it, I trust you. I think it's great. Yeah. You know, here's a gift or here's a donation or here's some seed money to do that. Yeah. But for us, it was really about bootstrapping. And it was just yeah. like, we're entrepreneurial in our mind already. So it's like, okay, I can turn, you know, a dollar out of 15 cents and we're going to do that a hundred thousand times. Like, I don't care if you give me a dollar or $10 or a hundred thousand dollar gift, I'm going to make that stretch as far and as fast as I can. And so it was just all about speed at that moment. It was like, we're a small gathering, so we could be very nimble. Those first few days of, of trying out different prototypes and different things that we were working on didn't work some things failed and some things we didn't plan for so it didn't work out as well we've learned a lot over 15 years but because we were small and agile at that moment we could scrap an idea very quickly and then say okay well that didn't really work let's find out more let's learn more let's uh bring in some people that can kind of understand and help us grow this thing together and so as we were growing that's when we started to realize this was the right idea because you know you it's very hard to change direction on a big ship you know if it would have been that we just attached ourselves to another organization maybe eventually we could have gotten the leeway to do what we're doing now but when right. we were small and just growing and just like going out and doing it we had the ability to say and take on trips and say no to things that maybe we wouldn't have had the opportunity to do if we were just aligning with someone else's mission and their vision yeah. It's so, it's so crazy hearing you guys talk and seeing your faces and your passion and stuff. It reminds me of this quote we talk about a lot. It's by Friedrich Buchner. And it's um, that your he says your calling is where the world's great need meets your great gladness. Yes. And I just like see that beaming out of you guys, you know, and that you you've even said the word calling a few times, like we're just called to do this. And it's like, what is that? You know, that's <laughs> calling us. But it's that you yeah. saw a need that wasn't being met. And then that's where your great gladness came comes and meets it. But you guys working together. Yeah, it's like you you have the same why and alignment, but you guys are very different people. Yeah. And, and I think Thank it's you for noticing. <laughs> well, and you just have like these different strengths and like, even in that storytelling, Danielle. Okay. I just have to say, Danielle, <laughs> how I even met you, how I even know you Javi, is we work together. And I was telling, whenever we were preparing for this, uh, this interview, I was telling Kaylee and she was agreeing with me that you are just like, so good at boundaries with people and you are so direct, but kind. And I just remember seeing you and you were not that much older than me. I think we're like, not even, we're like a year or so apart. And I was like, this is a boss woman <laughs> in here. What am I doing with my life? This girl is in charge and, but, but not in a 
aggressive, mean way. It's like a very good balance. It really is. So like, even in that story, you were just saying where you're like, we're not doing that again. Yeah. (laughs) Javi's like, well, uh, what do you want from Starbucks? Exactly. I was like, well, we're kind of down a path here, honey. (laughs) 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 I'm just curious, like, how do you think your, each other's strengths help you guys in your success and accomplish things with Connect Global? Well, we are very different, like you guys said, but it, it has really worked to our benefit for sure, because we do have different strengths. I think that one of the strongest attributes that we have as a family and as a couple is that Javi has never been, um, he's never been embarrassed or like intimidated by the fact that I'm a strong personality or that I'm a strong woman. He's actually always very much encouraged that and has given me all empowerment to just be who I am. So he's Mm -hmm. never tried to like diminish my voice or diminish my presence or to, you know, say, oh, well, you know, you think that, but here's how it really is. He's never tried to do that. There's things that he will, like, I will say, I think this and he'll be like, I couldn't disagree more. And, you know, we'll have conversations. Um, so it's not like he just thinks everything I say is right, but he he always takes into account what I'm saying and just literally seeks to understand or tries to figure out why I'm coming up with that conclusion or where it would come from. And the fact is, like, he's played a very significant role in the success of our personal lives and also professionally with Connect Global. But I was, um, like he was saying before, I was on a career path that I was just like every corner was another promotion it was like I would call him one day and say well now they promoted me to this and they they're gonna pay me this much and then be like three weeks later well now I'm this and they're gonna pay me and he was like I remember one day he was like holy crap babe like on the phone (laughs) but it never intimidated him it never made him feel insecure or less than and when all of that was happening and I was having to like dedicate so much of my time to that career which truly what he knew is that I was doing that so Connect Global could continue. So I think that my success with my real estate career truly came because of my passion for missions, because I was like, I will do anything to make sure that I don't have to pull him away from that because he is exactly the person that we need running this ship. And I do not want to have a distraction or something that pulls him away from that to just get I love it. I will cry. And like people, are you listening to this? Like partnership. Yes, partnership. Like where you you guys have a, you know, maybe a single goal together, but like you're willing to sacrifice to make sure each other is getting to the the ultimate goal. And that and that's really beautiful. And that it looks like different things. Like you pursuing your passion doesn't always look like quitting my job immediately, both of us exactly. and moving to another country right away. Sometimes right. it's just like, I'm asking for a lot of vacation and you put a little rock in the, I'm, I'm picturing like two scales, like tipping yeah. and you're just yeah. like each putting in things to, to tip it. And okay, sometimes I'm looks- in the real estate industry now, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to help you to do this. Here's the balancing of the scale. I see exactly. that too. That's yeah. beautiful. And he always was very intentional to make sure I was included in the conversations that I wasn't in, that I couldn't be a part of because I was playing a role for our family for this, for this mission. And so he always did such a great job of trying to make people understand that I was very much a part of what Connect Global was behind the scenes and at the, you know, the dinners and fundraisers and 
the day-to-day and all of those things, even when I couldn't be present and I couldn't be as visible, he was always very intentional to make sure people knew that this was a partnership and we were building it together. And he did a lot of things that weren't probably fun or comfortable or even um, like the norms in society of like the male role. There was a lot of nights where, I mean, I never cook. Let's just say what it is. I don't cook. <laughs> and and Javi's really grill master. Yeah, well, he's a pro master, he's take-home chef, he's like Michelin star man, like all of the things. And so it's like he would cook for us every night. So I have this demanding job and I'm pouring my, you know, soul into it because my soul is really for this. And so I'm giving every effort I have to that. And I come home and have like the best food ever. And it's like, I feel bad for everyone else on the planet because they don't have that, you know? You know, so it's just, he was never afraid to just lean into that as well. You know, he was homeschooling Sage for several years while I was working that career. And he and her would travel here to Honduras without me. And they okay, were this, this leads us into the next part of this interview that we're, we've got to spend some time on because- yeah. <laughs> This is very unique about your family. And also I think it could be really inspirational to other people. And I just think it's an interesting perspective that you guys have a daughter, Sage. Ooh, yeah. ooh, she, hi, Sage. She's sitting right there, uh, who we love. And I've, I've known her since she, she was, was a baby, baby just born. Yes. And um, she has been a part of your team, yep. like boots on the ground, flying with Javi to Honduras, going to do the work that y'all are doing. And it's, you know, you've chosen to homeschool her and you're, you're choosing to approach her education and upbringing. And I think a very unique and special way. And because I want to preface that, I think a lot of people when they have a child and this isn't, this isn't terrible, but it's just that they, their life then turns to that child's world, right? right. And they all of their plans change hold, or they'll, yeah. they'll maybe like shift gears to make sure that they can give this child a hundred percent of what they think is, you know, good. Like they're trying yeah. to do the right thing for their kid. Um, and they'll put things on hold where y'all went the complete 180 of that. Yeah. And we're like, yeah. she's coming with us. Like yeah. she's along for the ride. And so we want to yes. know why did you do it that way? Yeah. Um, How's it going? Any regrets? <laughs> Any we, positives? And Sage, you better yeah. chime in if they start lying. We want to hear oh, from, she from both. She will. <laughs> As the queen says, some accounts may vary, but. <laughs> yeah. We may need the parents to leave the room for a minute. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Well, do you want to take that one away? Uh, yeah, so I think for us, uh, it's exactly what you just described. It was a very intentional decision from day one yeah. that she was being that she was coming into our lives. Yeah, um, it was never going to be uh, revolving around any one person. Um, a lot of times, certain dynamics lend towards that, um, where it's like, okay, well, the husband rules the roost and everything goes towards his direction, and if he wants burgers tonight, that's what we're doing. And even in bigger decisions, where it's like, this is my house and this is what we're doing. Other times, maybe the, the wife can do that or certain things, certain families will just revolve around the children where it's like, we can't make any plans. Vacations have to be to Disney. We can't, you know, yeah. and, and it's like, these are good things. Like you said, these are good things. Yeah. These are inherently, okay, like, great. Let's go Coming to Coming from a good place. 
coming yeah. from a really great place yeah. of like, let's just give them a lot. And so where we wanted to do something different was we want to give you experience like world experience. We yeah. want to show you different languages. We want to show you different cultures. We want to show you luxury. We want to show you poverty. We want to see everything together. Yeah. It wasn't about us, you know, like, well, you're just a part of what we're doing. Along the way, when she started to have a voice, we would ask very directly, is this okay? Can we do this? Do you want to do this? Do you want to be a part of this? Um, you know, there were even just in the beginning of building this took a lot of dinners out and took a lot of meetings. It took a lot of conferences. And I remember just bringing her along. I mean, she'd be on my hip or be on hers and just be like, yo, this is how this meeting goes. Like, <laughs> yeah. we're going to put her, you know, here. She's quiet. She's very good. She's always been a stellar, just sort of like, okay, I'm here and yeah, it's okay. Truly. Um, Team player. And yes. so she just has learned and evolved into this uh, pretty magnificent little person yeah. where she's very uh, experienced. She's very um, you know, she can handle herself in adult situations or in kids situations or in, you know, in a hospital, you know, we do a touring of the hospital here and seeing some of the things would be off-putting to most adults. Yeah. You know, people who even lived lives would be off-put by some of the things that we encounter here living in Honduras. Uh, and yet she handles it with a lot of grace and with a lot of just poise that most adults would just flake out and be like, yeah. I can't handle this. Like, this is too much for me. Yeah. Uh, and so I think that lends itself to the daily intentionality that Danielle and I took from day one yeah. of just saying, you're just going to be, we're involving you in everything. Yeah. We're going to involve you. We're taking you to work. You know, she would dress up in her little tiny high heels and <laughs> her little, you know, sweater. She'd follow Danielle to work and she'd, you know, do everything that mom is doing and yeah. learn that type of work. Then she'd come with me on these uh, trips to Honduras, you know, four or five times, six times a year uh, for a week away from mom, away from yeah. friends, away from all the, the normal stuff that a, a six, seven, eight, nine-year-old kid is supposed to, to see or typically sees. Mm -hmm. um, but we're doing this and she's mixing concrete for people who live you on know. a dirt floor and she's digging, you know, helping us dig a water well and she's helping us uh, you know, uh, teach kids uh, English at, at the uh, the local schools. Right. It's like everything that we did, she did. Yeah. And she just, we just brought her along. And does. And still does. Yeah. And so to us, it was never a question of, you know, well, you have your life down there and we have our life up here. Right. It was like, boom, let's just do all of this together because that's what we want it to be. How we describe Danielle and I both being friends she's our third, you know, the next best friend. Yeah. It's like, we're all three Aww. best friends and we get to just hang out and do good things. <laughs> she's like, why didn't you say this when they asked who your dear friend was? Well, I was gonna I say know. that we say that a lot to each other. Like, you're my best friend. That's yeah. something that we say pretty, pretty often throughout the day to each other because we just feel that way. Well, yeah. and I feel like it's turned Sage into this amazing, well, I don't, I don't know. I think kids are also just born who they are too. Like she's an amazing person. And I, we were talking about a funny memory that she was saying, she was staying over for a sleepover with Haley and I, oh. and we had, we were playing a Christmas show outside like Christmas music. music. And I said, stage came with us. And I was like, Hey, this is just 30 minutes. And then we're going to go and start like watching movies and all this stuff. And she was like, great. And so she, she went up to the 
did one of the seats for the audience like so well behaved so no arg no arguing at all no, just want talking with folks doing her thing and we're watching her and then she comes up to me with her phone and the alarm has gone off and she's like it's been 30 minutes are we ready to start and i was like oh my god you this still set an alarm and i was like yep let's go i'm in the middle of a song out let me finish this one let's go and yeah. it was like it was so funny because that's i just don't think a kid would think to do that which is like yeah, no problem 30 yeah exactly. go, see you in 30. i gotta keep these adults accountable yes, <laughs> yes exactly yes that is so true but she has been honestly just remarkable and amazing. She's, she took her first international trip when she was four to Thailand mm -hmm. and we were building a large aquaponic system there. And that flight is not easy. Like you're in the air for 24 hours. Um, and my mom went with us. My mom was turning 50 uh, during that time. So she was celebrating her birthday there in Thailand and taking the trip with us. And we tease my mom even now. We're like, man, you were such a horrible traveler compared to Sage. <laughs> like, compared to the four-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> but like she was four and was fine. <laughs> Sage, but, what do you think about, do you love being a part of Connect Global and like living in Honduras? Yes. <laughs> you can say whatever you want. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would say so. Yeah. You, you, what's your favorite part about living there? Um, I don't know. It's just different. <laughs> just yeah. seeing, experiencing new, different stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, I think, I mean, the sentiment she's expressed with us is that she loves being a part of Connect Global. She definitely sees herself as a team member and she is. I think it is a challenge to live away from the culture that you're familiar with and accustomed to. So, you know, it's like we tell her, if people say, do you just love living there? And you don't feel like you do, you can tell them no, <laughs> you know, it's okay. Cause there's days where we feel that way yeah. and it's nothing yeah. against this country, but it is a different dynamic to go from your country of origin to a new culture. And you just have challenges and things that, you know you aren't really used to dealing with on a daily basis. And sometimes there's like a perception that um, it's a simpler life because it's, I don't know, some people just project that and it's like, it's really complicated actually. Like going to the grocery store here takes a lot more effort than it takes in the United States of America. And, you know, yeah. making a bank transaction, paying a bill, um, a lot of these things cannot be automated. You literally have to go stand in line behind 20 people to get your electric bill paid, different mm -hmm. things. So it's like, you know, I wouldn't say it's simpler in that regard, um, but sometimes people think that because they think, oh, it's slower paced, it must be so, so much different. And in a lot of ways, there's just more challenges that come with the location. There's, you know, high levels of violence and things like that. And so you see the, um, you see the side effects of that. You feel it in the atmosphere it's just a very different dynamic at times. And so I think we all appreciate that we get to do this. Like we feel like it's a honor and it's something that we really value and cherish, but there's also days where we're like, we miss Shake Shack and <laughs> like a smoothie would be great from Smoothie King. Like, yeah, well, the, the word that's just been coming across my brain for the past few minutes is resilience. And mm -hmm. it's, it's like, I was going to ask Sage, do you feel like 
them bringing you along for everything since you were a baby <laughs> has made you like, do you feel like, oh, I feel like maybe this has made me weaker? Or do you feel like this has made you feel like a more strong, capable young woman? I think more strong, maybe. Yeah, you're very strong. <laughs> Yeah, because even what you're saying um, about feeling the hard things and there are challenges and you don't always love everything. Mm -hmm. But the reason why Sage is was good on a plane at four was because from day one, you've been breeding resilience. Yes. And the only way that you gain resilience is by doing something like that by having a variety of experiences, which I think, and we were talking about the word education mm -hmm. and that you haven't actually used the word education that much. You've used experience. Yeah. Which yeah. is the best kind of education. Exactly. Yes. Yep. That's exactly do, right. Do people like ever, uh, think what you're doing and, and like how you're doing it with your family, do, do you get weird looks about that? Or people oh, like, yeah. really are? Well, yeah, we had a friend one time tell us that they couldn't wait to see how it turned out. <laughs> and, and honestly, kind of like skeptically and yeah. like sarcastically. And then my brother has told me that several times and even just like a week ago mentioned it again and was like, well, just can't wait to see how it all turns out. Like, <laughs> I'm like, it's turning out right now. It's turning You're out great. It. Yeah. yeah. The experiment is happening in real time. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, but no, really, uh, whenever we started Connect Global, we had, that's when we first really downsized our life to make it possible to launch this organization. And so we had moved from a four bedroom home on the ninth hole of the golf course to a cabin in the woods that was owned by a church um, that was like 585 square feet. It was just one bedroom and had no AC in Florida and also no heat. Um, and that was what facilitated our ability to be able to sink everything into building this thing. Yeah. And at that time, I, re I remember that my grandfather was really angry that we had chosen that because he was raised very poor. Um, and he, he had 10 brothers and sisters and they lived in a one bedroom home and they did not have, you know, they didn't even have the things that they needed really, um, much less the things that they wanted. Right. And so he worked really hard his entire life to become very successful and you know he created a great life for himself and for my my mom and her sister and you know i grew up only ever knowing you know good things i had everything i needed and wanted that was my life yeah. and so when we chose to downsize our life and to what looked like going backwards in his mind that was very frustrating for him especially because Sage was involved, you know, she was just a baby at the yeah. time. And he, I just know, like my grandpa and my grandmother, they've always been like my biggest cheerleaders. Anything I did was fine. Like I used to tell Javi, I could probably tell him I killed someone and they'd be like, that's great. Like, <laughs> you know, like it just always felt that way. Like it wouldn't really matter what I did. It was great. Except for that. Yeah. That was like, uh, this is not great. What in the world are you guys thinking? Like, you can do anything with your life and be anyone. 
and you're like downsizing your life to live in this cabin with no AC with our great granddaughter. Like, you know, it was not attractive to them. And it's taken years and years and years and years of us being committed to this in every capacity to where even just in the last, maybe I would say three years, I feel like they're like, oh, we get it now. Like, wow, wow, this is amazing what you guys have done. But it's taken all of that, all of those stories and articles and, you know, here's what we did today. And here's, you know, now we've fed this many people and we've served this, these many mothers. And we, you know, we just took over a school. We just inherited 26 employees and 172 students. I mean, unbelievable. And so now I think they see the value in it. But at the time it was just like, you're going backwards. Like you're going the opposite direction of where you should be going. And to us, we, we saw exactly the opposite of that. We're like, no, we're giving ourselves a life that's worth living. You know, it's like, sure, we, we have the great privilege of having been born in a country that provides every opportunity for you. And so to know that we have that, that's very comforting and it gives you a lot of solace, but to know that there's people out there that don't have that and that you can somehow be a part of a a solution to try and create an opportunity for someone that's invaluable. And so to us, we, we didn't look at it as going backwards. Sometimes it felt that way just because literally our cars were less nice over time. Our dwelling was, you know, wasn't as nice over time because every step of the way we were like, well, how can we cut an expense here? And how can we cut a cost here? And so it just got smaller and I ended up driving like a really hideous car and it was just the whole experience. But again, it was for a purpose. And it was for the greater good. And to us, that was just something that it's like, you can't really put a price tag on that. You know, y'all sound like mother Teresa right now. And (laughs) I just want to say, did you ever have moments where in those like day to day where you felt like, what are we doing? Like, why don't we just climb the ladder Mm -hmm. of success and like have the house we want and the cars we want? Like, do you ever have moments like that? Yeah, I can remember one in particular. It's when we had already moved into the cabin and uh, there it was literally a log cabin and there was like cracks and holes between the logs that would have to be filled with like a foam like it's like a liquid that would turn into foam to you know create the you know to bring it together so there wouldn't be a crack and we would do that as often as we could but there was one situation where you know there was obviously something we missed and we woke up and Sage had like 50 bites, like insect bites covering her body. Oh no. And that was a moment and she was bawling and scratching and you know, she's tiny, not even two years old. And that was a moment where I was like, forget this. Like, Mm -hmm. this is not okay. I am not okay with this. And, you know, I think we spent like $50 on oatmeal bath supplies and all the stuff, which at the time, $50 was like, we don't have $50. So, but we were like, we're going to spend every last penny we have to try and like calm her, her bites and all these things. But that one was one that was very like, I am not going to sacrifice her for the greater good, you know? Yeah. Right. So what ended up making you press forward? Like, and, and maybe frame it in a way, if there is someone out there listening that is putting their rocks in the scale to tip it and They know that it's their calling, but they're in one of those moments where they're like, forget this. This is way too hard. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, I would say just to hang on to it because it's worth it. You know, I don't think we're at the end by any means. I think all these years in, we're still at a launching point. But even to where we are in this part of the story, it feels like, man, all of those sacrifices were worth it. So all of those uh, ski trips that we didn't take to Colorado with friends and family were worth it. And the really ugly Chevy Lumina that I drove to to the to my work when everyone else had you know a twenty five or thirty thousand dollar car, it was worth it. And you know downsizing from a really nice size comfortable home on a golf course to the little cabin in the woods where we're getting mosquito bites and insect bites and, you know, we're boiling water so I can take a hot bath and all those things. Now it feels like it was worth it, you know, because it's evolved into exactly what our dream was. And so I think that a lot of people miss their, their destiny because they're afraid to go through the challenging things and the hard things and they give up just before the breaking or the tipping point, you know? Yeah, and so, so I, and I think that like we joke about this with each other and it's still true today, but it's good that we never feel like we're over it on the same day. Yeah. Because <laughs> there's days where even now I'm like, I am done. Like I will just fly back to Dallas and make money again, you know? <laughs> and he's like, no, 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 you know? And then it'll be the reverse. He'll be like, I am over this. This is hard. This is crazy. Like we had a perfect life. And then I'm like, no, but look at all the people we get to help, you know? So since you guys do, you've decided to make your work, your life pretty much. And it's such a work that's so giving, like you're always giving something demanding of yourself. Yeah. What do you guys do to make sure that you're filling yourselves up or that you're, you know, um, paying attention to all the other parts of yourselves, you know, because your work is it seems like it's the main thing kind of that takes up your time and your life and your attention, but what else do you do? And what do you do to make sure that you're full? Uh, That's a great question. Uh, And it's definitely a, uh, a great concern for anybody who's pursuing something, no matter what it is, because if, if it's music or art, or if it's teaching, or if it's whatever your true passion is, if you're you know lucky enough to realize it and then have the guts to pursue it yeah. then you also have to protect yourself you have to protect yourself even from that thing that is so life-giving and so uh joyful and brings you so much uh happiness yeah. uh and maybe even you know brings other people you know those things but because of what you're doing you have to still protect you and so that's one thing that danielle i i give her a lot of credit for because i it's her directness helps in that way because she can very directly say we're working too much. You know, it's hard because all of our work tends to go towards lifting up and accompanying others and doing, you know, life with other people and and elevating their life. So it's a good work, but it still commands a lot from us and it takes a lot from us emotionally and psychology, you know, psychologically. And Mm -hmm. so for her, she can be very direct sometimes because me, I am, you know, my mind is in two different places and strategic and also technical. And also, you know, it's like all these different things, but for her, all she has to do is say, okay, wait, wait a minute. I think we're, you know, 
were kind of going down a path of working six, seven, nine days a week. Yeah. And it's like, okay, on some level, you know, we're getting a lot done, but if that productivity wears down because we're wearing down, right. then we'll actually do worse. We'll yeah. do, you know, less work than we could have done if we were healthy. So yeah. she does a really great job of taking a step back, letting us, you know, keeping the guardrails around our private personal time, our, our life of, you know, just, okay, this is just for us, the three of us. Yeah. Um, she's very, very uh, intentional about that. She's always done a great job with that. Um, because to me, we also look at our different personalities where to me, I'd just as soon be with all the people all the time. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's fine. Like to me, that gives me energy to just be around people and discussing things. And, you know, even if it's difficult things or difficult work, it's just like, okay, that's great. And Danielle, I recognize and know now that it's like, well, you have, she has to really retract yeah. and come into her own space in order to do all of those things. Yeah. And so for me, it's, it's like, we kind of fit together in that way because in the beginning, you know, for a very short amount of time, we just thought, well, it's just, you know, I want to do everything you want to do. And she would want to do everything mm -hmm. I want to do. But immediately we were like, no, that's not the right way to do it. It's like, let's give and take. And, and sometimes we do what I, you know, what Jack, you know, gives me the energy. Sometimes we'll, you know, recluse ourselves a little bit and yeah. protect ourselves, but it's a balance. It's yeah. like super just fluid. It's yeah. nothing that it's like super hard set because we're super maximum flexibility that yeah. even sometimes when she said, okay, here's the time that we've notched out and then something comes up, it doesn't just like, okay, now we're flipping tables over because <laughs> this was family time. And then on the other side, it's the same with me. If something comes up and it's like, oh, look, we can go here and we can do this and we can get this done. But we've already stated that the time was like, well, that's our day to just do what we're doing. Then I'm like, cool, I'll get to that on Monday or I'll, yeah. I'll put that out of the way. And I think when couples or people, associates, work partners get into trouble is that they don't allow for that flexibility. Yeah. They're so rigid, whether it's extrovert or introvert or whether whatever the differences are, but they just hold so strongly to their side yeah. that the tension breaks them. Yeah. And so what we've learned over the years is that you have to be super flexible. Yeah. You know, here we get the, the awesome backdrop of some palm trees and, you know, different vistas because we're right on the, the ocean and um, get, you know, to see some of that stuff. And you see in storms, those palm trees really bent. I mean, they're almost to the sand. Sometimes yeah. if you get to see this, the thunderstorms, but most of the time they won't break because they've been able to weather those storms year after year after year. The roots of a palm tree are not very deep sometimes, but the flexibility allows them to push back and forth and push against that wind. So when we've had hard times, like she said, yeah. there's been times where both of us are just like, man, this is so much and it's so hard and it's a thankless job on certain days. Yeah. And, you know, nobody sees the, the behind the scenes stuff that we're doing. And so it can be very grueling, hard work. Yeah. And so we just have to come back to each other and say, okay, well, I think we're working too much on this or we're thinking too much about this or let's put the screens away and do something else, put a puzzle together or do something that's just sort of like, you know, takes us out of that moment. Yeah. And I think we've been that for each other, all of us, because mm -hmm. Sage will do the same thing. She'll just say, hey, look, you know, <laughs> this enough is enough. Like, you know, <laughs> we need we're to go going to the beach. Yeah, yeah, we're going a hundred different directions. Exactly. And so sometimes she'll recognize it for yeah. us. 
and she'll say, oh, well, I think we need a day off, or I think we need this, or I think we need that. Yeah. And so to us, that's the true partnership yeah. is sometimes I don't see what I, you know, what's right in front of me, but she can recognize it and she can say, okay, you need a break from that, or you need to change gears or shift directions or something like that. And so recognizing in that in each other and then trusting each other yeah. that I'm not trying to turn her into a different person. Yeah. She can trust me that, you know, that I'm not trying to just go off on my own direction. So building that trust over the years has also allowed us to be flexible, trust, you know, we can listen to each other. I can hear her advice. She can hear what I'm, I'm trying to explain. There's certain things that just flow now because we've built trust and transparency and uh, just giving each other credit over the years that has allowed us to be like, great, I trust you. If you see this, even though I didn't see it, if it was in a blind spot for me, I trust you because we've built that over the years. So when's the marriage book coming out? Seriously. <laughs> I'm hoping you're transcribing this because I want to make sure that. Well, can I just tell through. you, I got a lump in my throat when you were talking about the palm tree. Love oh, a good metaphor. Because it's exactly what you've been explaining about since day one from your story you guys been whipped around you've been being flexible you've had a little you've had too little you've had a lot you know yeah. you've been through storms but your roots yeah are like just they get stronger and stronger and stronger and your roots aren't planted in anything except they're not planted in anything that can be taken away from you yeah. right yes so it's no matter really <laughs> emotional <laughs> it's really it is special I can't talk Go ahead. well yeah I think I think that a lot of people um want to be that way and they want to be flexible but it's you're so people are so comfortable with who they are and who they've become it's and it's hard to give that trust and y'all are such a beautiful example of trust and flexibility and 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 it's showing that that's causing your work to be great you're doing great things because of the team that you guys have which is amazing so we're gonna get you to stop crying and we're gonna switch to <laughs> the segment of and it's the last segment of the interview and it's called the insight, insight scoop Insight uh -oh. scoop from Insight scoop, not inside scoop, Insight, Insight scoop with Javier, Daniel, and, and Sage. Sage. Um, she's quite the sage. She's she sage of wisdom. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Um. So, for people who are listening, who are trying to find their specific lane in service, right? Like, mm -hmm. um, you know, they want to be a part of something where they feel like they're also giving. I think it's, it's so important. Michael and I sat down, um, just the other night because both of us have been at different times in our life. So, so much a part of like nonprofits and also just giving to things that we really believe in. And as a married couple in our first year, it's like, we want to decide like together, what do we want to give to? What do we want to be a part of? Right. And so how, what is the insight scoop? Do you think about helping people find the right organizations for them, the specific lane of service, like, what do you think? Cause it's kind of overwhelming. There's a lot of organizations who's yeah. legit, who's not give us right. the insight scoop. Well, I think it starts with knowing, you know, what you were personally passionate about. What is that thing that gives you a lump in your throat? 
what is that thing that makes your heart beat a little faster when someone's talking about it um, or when you see a certain image. I think that if you're willing to lean into those things, then you'll kind of find the path that you should take in regards to a life of service. Um, but I, I think it starts with maybe people's life experience too. You know, there's people that we've had on podcasts that we've done that they, um, one lady in particular, she's a director for a women's shelter in Dallas and it's for abused women. And she grew up having experiences seeing different women being abused. And so that's something that became very, something she was very passionate about and wanted to invest her time in. Um, for me, it was being in Mexico and seeing other children my age and realizing that what they had and what we had was very different and feeling like I'm not okay with that. Like, why do I have a surplus and they have a deficit? I don't like this. And so I think sometimes if we have life experiences that take us out of our comfort zone, that's really where it starts. Ooh, and that's good. If you're willing to lean into the uncomfortable, then beautiful things can happen. There's a lot of things that I've done that make me super uncomfortable, even to this day. But I'm always glad that I did at the end, because it's like if I just stopped doing things beyond my comfort level, I wouldn't do much, <laughs> you know, just being honest, because I'm not comfortable with a lot of things that are required for this type of life. But I, I do tend to kind of just lean towards, okay, I'm super uncomfortable, but I'm just going to do it anyways. And let's see what happens. Mm -hmm. And usually I'm not dead. Yeah. Ten times I, I survive, yeah. you know, even though there's been times in the moment where you're like, can I just disappear right now? <laughs> you know, like, can I just vanish? That would be great. Um, but I think just being willing to lean into things that make you uncomfortable, things that feel like they're bigger than you, things that you feel like, well, I'm not qualified for that. Well, neither, neither was the person that is now until they started, you know, That's everyone right. has to start somewhere. So you don't have to believe that you have to have every license or certificate or uh, all the book knowledge in the world. But I think if you have a passion for something and you're led by your heart, then yeah, go and get the education, know what you're doing, but also don't get so, like I think you've said before, you don't want to get the like paralysis analysis situation where you're just consumed with trying to get all the information and get it just right and not mess up to where then you're frozen and you can't make a decision and you can't do anything because. Mm. Well, yeah, because you know. I think that there, I mean, this has happened to me before where you learn about something that really like ruffles your feathers that you can't believe is happening out in the world or like really doesn't sit right with you. And then you think, oh my God, that's such a big problem. What could I do? You know what I mean? Like it feels exactly. so much bigger than you and people are like, well, and then they just step back from it entirely. Cause it's like, yeah. what am I going to do? And I like what you said, like, if you're willing to lean into that discomfort yeah. and find, even if it's small ways of how you can contribute to helping that change, whether it's your time, money or whatever. Um, yeah. I think that's so good, but we, we didn't say insight scoop about like your insight about that your, you misunderstood you we were saying yeah. like what's your favorite ice, ice cream? cream like your insight oh, scoop like which nice. 
Can you give us some um, insight on your favorite ice cream? That's top secret information. Yeah, <laughs> you guys really got confused by that last question. I don't yeah. know how you missed know what that. happened. It was clearly about ice You've cream. You've been really on track this whole time. Yeah. No, I, I only have about 45 minutes. And then after that, it's yeah. just off the rails. Yeah. So. You found our one flaw. We hate ice cream. Yeah. So. Get out of here. And puppies. <laughs> Sage, her face was disgusted by you. It's a joke. At least it's not puppy ice cream. Right, yes. exactly. Yes, you got to find the exactly. silver lining. Well, we no, I like a cold stone creamery. <laughs> they have my favorite ice cream. Uh, the cheesecake flavor, half of that, the gotta love it size is ridiculous, but wow. I love it. And then the other half with the butter pecan with the pecans mixed in. Mm. Oh, girls got a combo. Oh yeah. <laughs> love that. Gotta love a combo. Yeah. Sage. And they, they don't have that here. So if you guys want to mail us some, feel I'll do free. That. It will not arrive as a song. But I will. We can read it. All right. Favorite ice cream? Um, I really like um, mint chocolate chip and I like cookies and cream. Girl, mm. I knew we were soulmates. Mm. <laughs> Javi. Uh, ice cream. Does gelato count? What is that? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rachitella. <laughs> He's my fancy one. Super. Y'all are this ice weird cream. combination of fancy and get your hands dirty. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You guys be the judge. Who is who? Well, I, I can't. I, I just really love this interview because I think y'all are amazing and I think what you're doing is obviously super important and amazing work, but I also think like how you function yeah. is so beautiful and it's inspiring. And I think it's just eye-opening to see people who are doing things a different way too, and, and that yeah. it works and that it, it doesn't, we don't all have to do exactly what the traditional way of doing everything right. is all the time. You can you can go and try something different if it's, you know, you're willing to go through the hard things for it like you guys have. Yeah. So we hope that this interview um, filled your cup a little. It was we, great. We oh missed you guys so much. I know we miss you and you bring so much joy to us. So we got to get together soon. Yes. 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 The Mendoza's Sage, Javier, and Danielle, quite the team. I mean, really, and it's just their resilience, just, I love it. It was something I wasn't really expecting to even talk about. Will you, will and you just say, because I know you broke down a little bit, like <laughs> teared up, but say what, like, what was so beautiful about that too? Because it's really sweet. Well, I just, it was kind of like a uh, ha-ha moment because um, him saying that about the palm tree and that it, goes through so much but the roots just keep it sh that, that the roots are strong so it just withstands stuff and then realizing that they've made their root system in something that can't be taken away from them is what really kind of made me emotional because you know they are each other's root system yeah and so and the flexibility he was talking about and yeah. that they can go anywhere and move they anywhere can, yeah there's nothing no one can touch them it's you know beautiful. what I mean? Like they can go through all kinds of hard stuff, but their joy and their ultimate comfort is rooted down into something that 
can't be taken from them. And I think that that's a very wise and it's something we could all learn. And if you guys want to know more about Connect Global and what they're doing, if you want to give to it or be a part of it in any way, um, they are on social media. They have their own website. and Everything is at Connect Global. And we'll put it all in the show notes, too. Yeah. So uh, thank you guys for listening to this. We hope more than anything that this inspired you in some way. I don't. It could be any small way and that you share it with a dear friend because these types of things are best talked out with a dear friend, right? Yeah. We're all on this journey becoming more of who we are together, and that's through these great conversations. So have a great week, and until next time, we're going to do our pledge because, <laughs> gosh, I always forget. Well, 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 okay. Let's do it. I, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United Mates in America, and rarely in public is where we stand, one friendship under God, indivisible live purdy you hear me and just us for all i feel like doing a big old uh uh um salute salute and like a bird call for the brown birds like oh my. on friends <laughs> i think of ross girl scouts the brown birds where he's yes. like doing the weird i want to have a weird thing like that for us we're, okay, we're, we're gonna work new, on that we're a new version of girl scouts yeah we're grown up girl scouts we're women scouts yeah we scout out women Go- to G- nothing is sounding good <laughs> i was trying to do the, the acronym for grown up girl scout i it's thought that could good. be good it's gugs it. <laughs> so until next time gugs we'll see <laughs> have a great week